Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. Well, if you were here last Sunday morning, then you know that I was not. My, my family and I, we took some time away for Christmas and for New Year's, but let me just say that Palmer did an excellent job last Sunday morning bringing God's Word to you. We were able to hop online and listen to the sermon, and so he did a great job of bringing God's Word to you and reminding us of the hope that we have in the resurrection. But let me also say that, that my family and I missed being here with you last week. So on our drive home, we decided that we were going to visit First Baptist Watauga. Uh, that's the last church that I served at for nearly 11 years before moving here in the summer of 2021. And so this was our first chance to go back and visit First Baptist Watauga since moving here. Uh, and, and let me say, we, we love the people there. We love that church family. They're always going to be a part of us. They're always going to be a part of our story. Uh, but there was just this real sense that Sarah and I experienced, and, and, and even that the kids experienced that we talked about on the way home, that that's not our church family anymore, right? We, we love those people, but, but they're not our church family. This is our church family here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. God has intertwined our hearts with you here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. And, and so there was this real excitement as we pulled back into our driveway last Sunday evening, not simply because we were, we were getting back to the house that we live in, but that we were coming back to the home that we love, with the church that we love, and the community that we love. And so let me just say, it's great to be back here with you this morning. Now, if you remember, around this time last year, we launched into a series titled, Who We Are. Actually, last year at this time I was sick, and so this happened next week. Ernie preached for me this, this last, uh, last year on this Sunday. But we launched into a new series titled Who We Are last year, and we spent 11 weeks looking at our mission statement here at First Baptist Church Stockdale to love, to grow, to serve, and to go. And as we looked at this mission statement Right? We, we said these are the four things that we believe, that, that, that we identified through Scripture, that we believe God has called us to as a church body. So as we begin 2023, I want to double down on that. And, and, and as we start out this new year, I, I want us to be reminded once again of this call that God has placed on our lives as believers and as a church. So this morning, we are going to launch, we're launching into this new series titled Faithful. And as we launch into this new series, I want to cast a vision for you to grab hold of for this year. Here's the vision, that we would be a faithful people in all things, at all times, until it's all over. Let me say that again, that we would be a faithful people in all things, at all times, until it's all over. Now, I want to bring you back to our graphic for this series. As we look at this graphic, we see that, that 
on one side of this person that's kind of walking on this journey, we see this mountain range. On the other side, we see this body of water, and in front of them, it's kind of this, this desert land. And I picked this graphic very intentionally because I think that this really is a good picture for our lives. Sometimes we may feel like we are, are just walking in, in the desert in, in a time that just feels endlessly dry. Or, or maybe we feel like we're being satisfied by the waters in, in times of peace and relaxation. It, it might feel like we are trekking up a mountain and, man, we are worn out by the adversity in this life. Or maybe we'll, we feel like we're at the top of the mountain experiencing the, the joys and the high moments of this life. And so I, I feel like this, this image really is a good picture for our lives. So let me pause right here and ask, what are you experiencing in your life right now? As we start 2023, what are you experiencing in your life right now? What part of that picture do you best relate to? Do, do you feel like you're walking in a desert or do you feel like you're being satisfied by the waters? Do you feel like you are, man, you're experiencing the high moments of life or do you feel like you're trekking up the mountain and you're being hit by every, at every angle, just by the adversities of this life. What, what part of this picture do you best relate to? And as you recognize what part of this picture you relate to, as you recognize what season of life that you are journeying through right now, I want you to hear me. The call for us is the same. Regardless of what we might be facing, regardless of what we might be experiencing in this life, the call for us is the same. We are called to be faithful. And so I want you to hear this vision again this morning, and I want you to hear this for us as a church body, but I also want you to hear this for you as an individual, that we would be a faithful people in all things, at all times, until it's all over. In other words, when Christ returns or, or when we stand in his presence, may the word that could be used of us as individual believers, but also of us as a church body, may the word that could be used of us would be that word faithful. And so over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to look back at our mission here once again to love, to, to grow, to serve, and and to go. And what I'm calling us to as a church, because I believe this is what God has already called us to through His Word, I am calling us to faithfulness. Faithfulness in what God has already called us to at this church, but also faithfulness to anything that God might call us to in the future. Now, if you remember back in November, uh, I went on a pastoral retreat. I spent about four days in a condo in. Rockport, and this was a time for me to just to, to pray, to seek the Lord for, for the direction that he would desire for this church to go in in this new year. And, and as I prayed, as I sought the Lord, there was one particular passage that, that God just kept bringing back to my mind over and over and over again. And so while we're going to look at different passages throughout the course of this series, the passage that we're going to look at today is where this vision comes from. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at verses 14 through 30 today. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. 
Now, as you're turning there, I want to set this up for you. The, the passage that we're going to look at today is a parable. Jesus was a master storyteller. He often used stories in order to illustrate deeper spiritual truths. And so as we look at this parable, we're not to understand this as a true story, but we are to understand some real spiritual truths from this story. Now, this particular parable is, is a part of what we call... Jesus' Olivet Discourse. It, it begins in, in chapter 24 and carries through chapter 25. It, it's known as the Olivet Discourse because Jesus was teaching on the Mount of Olives. Now, that was the location of his teaching. The subject of his teaching in the Olivet Discourse was the end times. And, and, and the focus of his parables here are all on his return. Now, in chapter 26, we see Jesus betrayed by Judas and arrested, and so things would move quickly through his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. And so as Jesus' physical time here on this earth with his disciples was coming to a close very quickly, he wanted to spend some time here in chapters 24 and 25 preparing his disciples for his return, preparing his disciples for the day that he would one day come back. So let me pause right here and give you this good reminder. Jesus is coming back. Let me say that again. Jesus is coming back. This is a promise for us. Just as we saw in our Advent series that Jesus' first coming was planned, promised, and provided, Jesus' second coming has been planned and promised. And so we can rest assured that one day the clouds are going to be rolled back, the trumpet's going to sound, and Jesus is going to return triumphantly. Jesus is coming back. And because we know Jesus is coming back, it should impact how we live today. And this is really the heart of the message of today's parable, that, that our lives should be impacted by the future return of Christ, uh, that, that as believers and as a church, we always have this truth and this hope in mind. So let me just ask you, are you living with this hope and this truth in mind as you look at your own life, is your life impacted by the knowledge of this hope and this truth that one day Jesus is going to return? And if not, then, then my prayer would be that, that today as we look at God's Word and over the course of this series, that that would change in your life. That you would begin living with this hope and this truth in mind that, that your life would be impacted today and every single day by the hope and this truth that we have a risen Lord that is coming back one day. Now just before we get to our passage today, we see in verse 13, Jesus says this, therefore be alert because you don't know either the day or the hour. So we have this good reminder for us, this exciting reminder for us that Jesus is coming back, but we also have this reminder that we don't know when that's going to be. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. And so the question for us is, is 
How do we live as we wait? We know Jesus is coming back, but we don't know when he's coming back. So how do we live as we wait? Well, the parable of the ten virgins at the start of chapter 25 gives us this message. Be ready. As we wait, be ready. But I believe we see the answer to this question of how do we live as we wait in the message of today's parable. And that message is simple. Be faithful. Be faithful. In other words, as we wait, we are to be a faithful people in all things, at all times, until it's all over. So with that in mind, let's read our parable now. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Jesus says this, For it's just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the the man with Two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You are a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, you evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. And I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. So take the talent from him. And give it to one of one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So as we look at this passage this morning, I want to begin with the end. In verse 30, Jesus says, and throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it could be misunderstood that this servant is being cast into hell because of his lack of works. In other words, we could misinterpret and misunderstand this to be a parable about salvation and the requirements for Salvation, And we could walk away from this parable believing that salvation is based upon our works in this life. 
So let me just give you a very important reminder of a truth that we see all throughout the New Testament. That is that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. This is the primary thing that, that our church is built upon. That, that, that our faith is built upon. That salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We saw this clearly throughout our planned, promised, provided series. That we needed God to send a Savior for us because we were unable to provide salvation for ourselves. There, there's not enough things that we could do in this life that would be enough to provide salvation for us. There, there's not enough religious activities or good works that we could do in this life that, that would be enough to provide salvation for us. Rather, we look to our Savior, Jesus, who did enough on the cross, whose work on the cross was enough to provide salvation for us. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So if we're not to understand that salvation is by works in this parable, then what are we to understand? Remember, remember what Jesus is teaching about in this parable. Jesus is teaching about his return and more specifically how we are to live as we await his return. And so what we're to understand from how Jesus responds to these servants is this, that there is great joy to be experienced in faithfulness and great sorrow to be experienced in unfaithfulness. There's great joy to be experienced in faithfulness, but great sorrow to be experienced in unfaithfulness. And so what we're to walk away with understanding is just how serious our master, Jesus, takes our faithfulness. And, and, and we're to understand what great joy there is to walk in that faithfulness. And so if Jesus takes our faithfulness seriously, and, and if there's great joy to be experienced in our faithfulness, then may we take our faithfulness seriously as well, that we would be a faithful people in all things, at all times, until it's all over. And so as we look at this passage today, I want to do something a little bit different. Instead of offering you three points or three truths for you to walk away with, I want to ask three questions that I believe this passage leads us to ask. So the first question is, what has God entrusted to our care? What has God entrusted to our care? Let's read verses 14 and 15 again. It says, For it's just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. So what has God entrusted to our care? Now, as we think about what the master in this parable entrusted into the care of his servants, we see that word talent. And of course, in, in the English language, that word talent refers to our giftings and abilities. But in the context of this passage and in the culture of this passage, uh, a talent wasn't giftings and abilities. A talent was actually a unit of Money And it wasn't just a coin, it was actually a weight. The way we could think of it is like a bar of gold or a bar of silver. It was a weight with that, that was worth a lot. 
So as we consider what God has entrusted to us, we are to recognize the weight and the worth of all that God has entrusted to us. We're to recognize the weight and the worth of all that God has entrusted to us. In other words, we are not to take what he has entrusted to us lightly. Now, as we think about what God has entrusted to our care, uh, I do think that we can apply this to more than just our finances. Uh, I think that, that as we think about this as a parable, remember, they're, they're, it's not a true story, but there are some real spiritual truths. And so we can look at our finances, certainly, and we can apply this to our finances. God has entrusted those finances, whether it's our personal finances or the finances of the church. God has entrusted that into our care. But we can also look at our giftings and abilities. Or we can look at the mission that God has given us here at First Baptist Church Stockdale to love, to grow, to serve, to go. We can look at the ministries that God has put into our care at this church. As individuals, we can look at our families, we can look at our jobs, we can look at the the community that God has placed us in, and we can look at all of these things as things that God has entrusted into our care. And as we look at these things, once again, we are to recognize the weight and the worth of all that has been entrusted to us. Now, as we look at what the master gave to each individual in this parable, there were some that received more and there were some that received less. But I want you to understand they all received something and they all received something that was of great value. There was great value to what each of them received. I believe this is important because I think all too often, as humans, we play the comparison game. And so we don't just look at what God has entrusted to our care, we also look at what God has entrusted into everyone else's care as well. And we say, well, look at what God has entrusted to that church, or look at what God has entrusted into the care of that person. They have so much more than we do. And we begin to minimize what God has entrusted into our care because everyone else has received more than us. So remember, while each of of these servants were entrusted with different amounts of talents, every single one of them received something, and they received something that was of great value. So I want you to hear me. We are not to minimize what God has entrusted to us. Rather, we are to maximize what God has entrusted to us for the sake of his kingdom. As we look at what God has entrusted to us, we are not to minimize what God has entrusted to us. Rather, we are to maximize what God has entrusted to us for the sake of his kingdom. So I've shared this before that, that I, I was 16 years old when I first felt called to ministry, but I was really a freshman in college when I surrendered to that call. And at that time in college, I was a mass communications major, believing that I would do something with uh, TV, radio, newspapers, magazines. Uh, I, was, I, I just felt like I was going to do something with mass communications. And so I, I don't think it's any surprise that I was sitting in my freshman mass communications class when I felt like the Lord spoke to me. 
Now, this wasn't an audible voice, but I just felt like the Lord spoke in a still, small voice into my spirit. And he said this, I want you to use all of your abilities for me. Now, certainly, I I believe that I could have used all of my abilities for God in the mass communications field. Uh, God could have used me in that field, but I took what God was saying to me, specifically that God was calling me into vocational ministry. And so what I have strived to do over the years as I've served the Lord in vocational ministry is I've strived to to do just that, to use all of my giftings, to use all of my abilities for his kingdom. You see that in some of the Facebook postings that I do with the videos that I make and put out, with the graphics that I put out, with the graphics that we use on Sunday mornings or the announcement video. My, My desire is to use all of the giftings that God has given me for the sake of his kingdom. So let me pause and ask, what has God entrusted into your care? What has God entrusted into your care? As you look at your life, as you look at your giftings, as you look at your family, as you look at your abilities, what has God entrusted into your care? Now, I don't think that we talk about this enough, but young people hear me. God could be calling you to vocational ministry one day. It could be God's desire to use you on Sabbath Church. And and this isn't just for young people, really. This is for anybody. I've seen people middle-aged and even older surrender to the call to ministry. And so God could be calling you to vocational ministry one day to, to use you on staff at a church with your talents, with your abilities. But I want you to hear me. Regardless of whether God calls you into vocational ministry or not, the calling is the same. That, that you would be faithful with whatever God has entrusted into your care and that you would use whatever God has entrusted into your care for the sake of his kingdom. We are not to minimize what God has entrusted to us. Rather, we are to maximize what God has entrusted to us for the sake of his kingdom. So we have this question, what has God entrusted into our care. The second question we have is what are we doing in the time we have with what we have been given? What are we doing in the time we have with what we have been given? Let's look at verses 16 through 19 again. It says, the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with him. What are we doing in the time we have with what we've been given? You know, time is a funny thing. As we think about time, it can seem like there is so much time, and yet time can also fly by. If you're a parent, then you've probably experienced this with your children. When your kids are born, it seems like there's so much time ahead of you, but before you know it, they're in high school or college or getting married. And so time just, just flies by. I know it feels like yesterday that, that my kids were born, and yet it feels like the time we have is just flying by, like the time we have with them is so short. So the master was gone for a long time, according to Scripture. And, and for two of the servants, this was time well spent maximizing what had been entrusted into their care for the sake of their master. But for one, it bred laziness. And instead of doing something with what 
the master had entrusted to him. He simply dug a hole and buried what had been entrusted to him. He did nothing with what had been entrusted to him. And while it seemed like there was all this time before the master would return, the time had come. The master had returned, and he wanted to know what had been done with what he had given to them. So let me pause right here and say this. Time is not to be wasted. Time is not to be wasted. While it may seem like there's just so much time that we have until the Lord returns, one day we're going to stand in His presence, and the time is shorter than we think. And before we know it, all the time that we have will be gone. And so the question will be, what did you do in the time that you had with what you had been given? Time is not to be wasted. John Piper, a well-known pastor and author, he, he famously preached a, a sermon titled, Don't Waste Your Life. And in the sermon, he talked about two missionaries that died while serving the Lord and two young people that retired young while serving themselves. Now understand, there's nothing wrong with retirement. But retirement is not to be our chief end in this life. Sitting on a beach reading a book is not to be our chief end in this life. Serving ourselves is not to be our chief end in this life. Rather, Using all that God has given us and the time that God has given us is to be our goal in this life. I want you to hear me. A person that dies young serving the Lord has done more with their life than a person that dies at 90 years old having served themselves for their entire life. Time is not to be wasted. So let me just pause and ask, what are you doing with what you've been given in the time that you've been given? What are you doing with what you've been given in the time that you've been given? Are you serving the Lord or are you serving yourself? And I want you to hear me here at First Baptist Church Stockdale. We are going to be committed to use the time that we've been given to maximize all that we have been given for the sake of our master. I shared a video on Facebook this last week. That, uh, that in 2024, we're going to celebrate our 150-year anniversary as a church. This church is marked with years of faithfulness of proclaiming Christ and worshiping Christ. But I want you to hear me. As long as I'm your pastor, which I pray is for a long time, as long as I'm your pastor, this isn't just going to be our past, our history. This is also going to be our future. We are going to be committed to proclaiming Christ. We are going to be committed to worshiping Christ. We are going to be committed to fulfilling the mission that God has put before us. And we're going to do this from now until he returns. So what has God entrusted into our care and what are we doing with the time that we have with what we have been given the final question that I want to ask this morning is, what will be said of us? What will be said of us? So in verses 21 and 23, after settling the accounts with, with the first two servants and seeing that, that they had done well with what had been given to them, they had been faithful with what had been given to them, the master says to them, well done, 
good and faithful servant. Now this is to be contrasted with what we see in verse 26. Because to the servant that did nothing, to the servant that just dug a hole and hid what, God, or what the master had given to him, the master said to him, you evil, lazy servant. So what will be said of us? And I want this to be a question for us as individuals, but also for us as a church body, that we might reflect on this question as we look at what God has entrusted to us, as we look at the time that has been given to us, I want us to reflect on this question, what will be said of us? And I want this question to motivate us as individuals in a church, and as a church to be a faithful people in all things, at all times, until it's all over, that we might be used Uh, that the word that might be used of us here at First Baptist Church, Stockdale, from now on until the Lord returns, that that word might be the word faithful. Now, for you as an individual, the first step of faithfulness is recognizing Jesus as your master. Remember, Jesus is telling a parable about his return. Jesus is our master. And so if you want to begin walking in faithfulness, it starts by recognizing that Jesus is your master. It starts by submitting to Jesus as your Lord. And so if you've never made that decision to submit to Jesus as your master, to submit to Jesus as your Lord, then I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this is going to be your opportunity to respond this morning. And if you're here today and you would say, you know what, that's me. I've never submitted to to Jesus as my Lord. I've never submitted to Jesus as my master. But I recognize that I need a Savior, that I can't provide a Savior for myself through my works, but I can depend upon the one who went to the cross for me. If today you're ready to submit to Jesus as your Lord, then I would invite you to respond. I'm going to be standing right down front. You can step out of your seat. You can join me down here. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you that you might start this journey of faithfulness with Jesus today. And maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ already, but if I'm honest with myself, there are areas in my life where I have simply been unfaithful. And I need to get that right today. As we start off 2023, I need to get that right today. If that's you, I would encourage you, repent of those things, submit those things over to the Lord today. If you need someone to pray with you, I'd be happy to do that. If you want to kneel at the altar, the altar is open. You can also deal with the Lord right where you're at. But if there's areas in your life where you would say, I've been unfaithful in these things, then let's turn that around today through the power of the cross. Now, maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ, but I've never taken that next step of baptism. We don't believe that baptism saves us, but we do know that it's something that God has called every single believer to. And so it is an act of faithfulness. And so if you've never taken that step of baptism to publicly profess your faith in Christ through baptism, then I would encourage you, respond as well. Let's make that commitment together today. And maybe you're here and you would say, you know what, I've given my life to Christ. I've been baptized by immersion already. I've been visiting First Baptist Church Stockdale. And in this new year, I know that God is calling me to make this my church home. 
If that's you, if God's calling you to become a member of First Baptist Church Stockdale, I would invite you to respond as well. But whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments as we sing, I would encourage you to respond obediently. Would you stand with me right now? Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.